WUSA Radio News, I'm Robert Walensky. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua, from caring for our children to our seniors, from helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets, from learning the skills to get your GED, to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. And good Monday morning. This is Mike Affelberg. I'm your host on the United Way Community Connection Show right here on WSMN 1590 AM. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM. Why are we here and why would you listen? Well, the whole purpose of our show here on WSMN is to introduce you to the nonprofits of Greater Nashua. Easier said than done. There are a lot of nonprofits in our community. They do a lot of fantastic work. But it's hard to know all of them. There are, well, there are hundreds in the state, and there are scores in Greater Nashua. And some of them are big, some of them are small. Today we have a couple of nonprofits coming on the air that uh, I believe at least two out of the three you will not have heard of. Perhaps you have, but in all likelihood, not so much. So the whole idea is get you introduced to the nonprofits so that you can learn how to take advantage of the services that they might have to offer. And then at the same time, Find out ways in which you can give back to the community through the nonprofits. So nonprofits generally rely on volunteers. I used to be in the for-profit world. I've spent most of my career there. In that world, volunteers is called free labor. Free labor is something which is hard to come by in the for-profit world. Um, yeah, you got to be careful with that one. The IRS doesn't necessarily look, look, look lightly upon that. However, in the nonprofit world, because the work is... Uh, and generally speaking, tax-exempt, well, the IRS doesn't care as much. So we have volunteers who give back to the community through nonprofits, through their labor. Also, you know, somebody is going to win that $2 billion. That's $2 billion in the lottery. And if you're that person and you care about Greater Nashua, you're going to want to know which nonprofits are there and what do they do. So if you're looking to donate some money, all joking aside, the end of the year is coming up. So it's just about the end of the time for you to get those 2018 donations in so you can have tax deductions on that. Uh, Nonprofits, of course, need money to do their jobs as well. And uh, so those are some of the reasons why you would listen in. I'm going to introduce you in just a couple of minutes to our first guest. We have a special guest here today who's been on the show before, but is um, absolutely one of my favorites. I'll hold back on telling you who that is for just two or three minutes while I talk about what's going on in our community, generally speaking. So first of all, I always like to say, um, you know, I'm a narcissist, so let's talk about me. Uh, what did you do this weekend? It was a great weekend. For me, I started the, I'm a swimming official. That's my sort of hobby. And i um, been doing it for many, many years, about over 15 at this point. 
My daughter was a swimmer. And so, you know, a swim parent starts out in the bleachers and discovers that kind of stinks and then becomes a timer and discovers that's kind of boring and then becomes an official and then you're hooked. And so this is kind of the way it worked for me. And um, so I'm still doing it, even though my kid hasn't gotten uh, in the pool and gotten wet in quite a while. I'm still doing that. And this was my first swim meet of the winter season out in Salem at the uh, workout club. That was an eight and unders meet. A lot of little kids swimming, things like butterfly and breaststroke for the very first time. Boy, a lot of DQs. Um, I almost had riders cramp at one point, but uh, nevertheless, a lot of fun, and uh, I love to see the enthusiasm of a swim meet at the beginning of the season in particular. Um, I will also say I'm not going to talk a lot about football. It is the middle of football season. I'm a 49ers fan. You will never find me talking the rest of the season. I, I commit to you not to talk about the 49ers. By the way, my fantasy football team is doing as bad as my real team. So not my year for football. I'm hoping baseball... Um, is my redemption here. Although I got to admit, I'm a little bit of a Dodgers fan too. So it's just going to be a horrible season for me for that. A couple things going on I wanted to mention. So this week in particular, there is a new group forming for Nashua called Nashua Listens. Nashua Listens is the um, an outgrowth of the uh, organization New Hampshire Listens, which is out of the UNH Carsey School. And basically the idea of, of Nashua Listens, Greater Nashua Listens, is to provide a platform and a place where people can, in today's day and age where it seems like there's an awful lot of argument and everybody's kind of mean to each other and there's a lot, a lot of ill spirit, um, especially when it comes to politics, but really pretty much anything you find, you put it on social media, you run into a pothole on Broad Street, you put it on social media, you're going to have 300 people commenting on that and Boy, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys out there. So Nashua Listens is the whole idea there is to provide a space that is safe and accepting of divergent opinions. And basically the ground rules are let's just talk with each other. Let's talk with each other and try and figure out where there is common ground. I think it's Ronald Reagan who said that, uh, you know, if I, only agree, if I only agree with you 80% of the time, I am not your enemy. And that is kind of the way Nashua Listens is meant to be. So the first listening session is actually on the 24th. I believe that's Thursday? No, nah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. And the whole idea of that listening session is to talk about the places in our community that are common places in front of the public library, in front of City Hall, on the sidewalks, and what's the appropriate and inappropriate uses, and how do we be welcoming as a community to all uses of those spaces. So it should be a really interesting conversation, a lot of divergent opinions about that. I also wanted to mention United Way is having a planned giving seminar this Friday, Friday morning, also at the library from 9 to 11. And that is uh, if you're interested in learning about estate planning and taxes and wills and trusts and all of that technical gobbledygook, which is actually really important, but also how to um, factor that in in a planned giving way so that you are making a difference in your community well beyond your life here on planet Earth you can find out how uh, to you know how to best do that and so it's really not a sales there are a lot of these are very salesy this is informational that's why we're having it at the library we're not going to sell you anything but we do want to give some information to the community that might be interested so that's this uh friday 9 to 11 it's um something if you want to find out more about that just uh you know call me over at united way shoot me an email at united way there's only one mic at united way here in nashua and if you call up and just say i want to talk to the guy there's only also one guy you're going to get, so that's me. It's Red Ribbon Week on the 23rd, which is Tuesday. There is a welcoming kickoff for Red Ribbon Week at Lita Lanes. 
I'm pretty sure the mayor is going to be there. Cost is free, 530 to 730. This is all about um, substance use prevention, especially for the youth of our community. And um, last but not least, I did want to mention two other things. Safe Stations Academy, that is Harbor Homes and the police department, fire department are hosting an event called the Safe Stations Academy where you can learn more about the Safe Stations approach to, to opioid addiction and drug prevention. That's at Sky Meadow Country Club on the 25th from 8 to 4.30. You can learn more about that by going to Harbor Homes' website. And last but not least... I always talk about the Arlington Street Community Center. Of course, it's Halloween coming up this Saturday from 11 to 3 at 36 Arlington Street. There is a community Halloween party, and I'm pretty sure I'll be there, and I'm hoping that you'll be there. So, wow, that's a lot of stuff, but I only have like six or seven minutes until our next, uh, our first break, and I want to introduce you to a very special guest, a friend of mine, Dan Greenleaf. Dan and I met a couple of years ago at the Merrimack Chamber of Commerce. And I went up to Dan and I said, boy, you look a lot like Santa Claus. Now, you are listening to the radio, so you don't know that. But I can tell you, I'm going to put a picture on Facebook. And you can probably look on the Facebook feed. And you can see Dan does look an awful lot like Santa Claus. And Dan says, well, interesting you should say that. I am actually the Santa Claus of all Santa Clauses. He is the Santa Claus who is, well, he's at all the events in New England. He has a nonprofit that deploys Santas all over the region. Um, he is a professional Santa Claus as well. And um, so I want Dan to tell his story so you can find out more. You know, it is the holiday season pretty darn soon. So Dan's really busy. This is like tax accountants on April 15th. I'm guessing this is the big time for Dan right now. So Dan, <laughs> welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Yes, this is our big big time. Everybody's looking for Santa. So uh, we're busy trying to get everybody settled in for the season. So what do you do, Dan? What is it? Tell us, like, how long have you been a Santa Claus? <laughs> well, it's a, this is my 10th season. I've been doing uh, Santa professionally and all types of events for about 10 years. I did a couple of years before that for a little one or two events a year. But um, it's really become, for me, almost a year-round thing because I'm involved with a group called the New England Santa Society, which is a nonprofit group. We, um, it's an association of Santas, Mrs. Clauses, and, and elves. And um, we do a lot of educational programs for our own members. But one of the biggest things we're starting to do more of is outreach to the public to kind of let them know when they're out there looking for a Santa, what are some of the things you should be asking about? Because for most people, when they first think about it, they think, where do I find a Santa? They have no idea. It's, you know, it's, I get approached all the time. And when I say I'm a Santa, they, people will say, well, that's a thing. It is. Well, I'm going to say right off the bat, before I even forget, if you want to find out about the New England Santa Society, they are online. They have a website. It's called the IRBSantas.org. I-R-B-S-A-N-T-A-S.org. I actually just Googled New England Santa Society and it came right up. That's our, that is actually an international association that a lot of us are members of. Okay. But New England Santa Society, you can find on Facebook. We yeah. have a Facebook page, and um, if you're looking for information or you're looking for um, a Santa, that's somewhere you can go and just post us a message, and we'll forward it out to our members who might be interested. So um, what is it that you actually do in New England? What, do, what, do you, what, what does the New England Santa Society actually do? A big part of it is just an association for Santas to get together. Okay. It's, it's kind of a unique 
profession because I can't go watch another Santa work because it, as a real bearded Santa, you know, you're kind of competing at that event. So um, our association is a way to get together, just share ideas, share information, um, and help each other through the season. You know, if somebody needs a Santa for an event, we can pass each other's names along and that type of thing. So it's become a pretty active group throughout the year. We do monthly meetings. We have a Santa school now that we run up in Greenfield, New Hampshire every year. Um, and it's just, as I say, it's something that has given us an opportunity to get together and become better at our craft. So if you are an aspiring Santa or you are a professional Santa and you just want to hone your craft or belong to an organization where you can find like-minded individuals, Santas and Mrs. Clauses and elves, yeah. then the New England Santa Society is for you. It is. We uh, have monthly meetings and monthly uh, dinners at three different locations and we're everybody is welcome to come and and join us we're a, a fun group yeah i see you also do some charity work you have uh, uh as an organization you have the uh um healthy you have a healthy kids initiative um now what i find interesting about this is that there's it's part of the international brotherhood of real bearded santas now I know that there. You said you're a real bearded Santa, which implies to me that there are people that aren't real bearded Santas. Is that a is that a problem? Um, not really. It's there are there are people who like the the traditional look. Yeah, almost a storybook Santa with the great big beards and the big mustaches and stuff. Things that very few of us are going to be able to grow on our own. Yeah. Um, so there's. There's room for everybody on Santa's roster. So we have a number of members who don't have real beards. We have many who do. Uh, of course, the Mrs. Clauses don't have beards, so we we'll give them a pass. So if I'm a member of the public, is this a way? Is is your organization a good way for me to find a Santa for my maybe my charity event? It is. If you want, uh, again, if you go to our Facebook page and just send us a message and let us know you're looking. We can definitely get it out. We've got about 150 members here in New England, and so we can help spread the word if you're looking for an event, uh, looking for a Santa for an event. We can put it out and get you in touch with some Santas. That's fantastic. Dan, how many, you personally, how many Santa, how many events do you do this time of year? <laughs> um, I did about 100 events last year myself, but... Uh, my Holy Toledo, <laughs> that is a lot of events. It is. It's uh, pretty much every day. There was, yeah. from kind of Thanksgiving to Christmas, there was only, I think, one day I wasn't in the red suit. Uh, but I also, my company, because I've, I wasn't able to really take care of filling everybody's needs, I started booking other Santas as well. So last year yeah. we did about 300 events throughout New England. And um, and I worked with, I have about 50 Santas that I have in a network that I can call on and uh, give work to. So, so this time of year, we're really busy just getting everything scheduled. That is incredible. Very, very nice. So... Um is there any way that the public can be, I mean, I always ask about volunteering and donations and stuff. Like what can the public do to support your organization? Well, I, from time to time we do fundraisers to support different uh, charities. But uh, one of the other things is we often get a lot of nonprofit groups, schools or uh, associations that are looking for a Santa. Uh, and one of the challenges for us, those of us who are professional Santas, we only have really four weekends 
to make our money. <laughs> yeah. And for some of us, it's an important source of revenue. So um, a lot of times we get requests for free to come in and do free work. Um, if we could find organizations, individuals, businesses who want to sponsor a Santa for a group to, so they can bring in a good quality Santa, um, that's something that we could help facilitate that because as, as we get requests, if we know we have groups, we could go to and say, hey, here's a good match for you. If you'd like to sponsor and bring in Santa or bring in an event or special activities, right? Um, we could do that for you. That's a fantastic idea. So if you have a, if you if you own a business or just even as an individual, you know of an organization you want to support um, by bringing in a good quality professional Santa. Um, that sponsoring a Santa is a great way to do yeah. that. That's a fantastic yeah. idea. Yeah. I think in your business, you know, sometimes it's like maybe photographers. I have a camera on my phone. That doesn't make me a photographer. <laughs> you know, I can buy a beard. That doesn't make me a Santa either. True, true. This is your livelihood. And, and it, that's one of the points that we're, tr we're now trying to really educate the public about is just because you have a red suit and a beard doesn't make you a Santa. Um, we take our job very seriously because yep. we recognize the important role we play as Santa with kids and even adults. So when someone's looking for a Santa, you know, they need to really spend a little time, talk to them about what kind of training and education the person's had. Do they have background checks? Uh, get look at photos of their suits. And I mean, some of our Santas, you know, are spending a thousand two thousand dollars just on their outfits wow yeah, um, i can but, imagine and and to go to schools and workshops and training um it just makes a big difference in the quality of the the santa and what you're going to get when you bring that santa into your home but certainly checking on background checks find out if they belong to associations of some kind that relate to santa their education have they gone to santa school workshops and do they carry uh, liability insurance you know what is their experience as santa sure it's like any other trade that's absolutely that's fantastic dan we're about out of time i want to thank you so much for coming on the show especially this time of year um we need to do this sometime in the summer or something <laughs> um, but um you've heard it here on the united way community connection show um dan greenleaf my favorite santa and um Run Santa, I am Santa.org, and also the uh, New England Santa Society. Um, if you want to learn more, you can find out more online. Thank you, Dan, for coming on today. Thank you, Michael. It's always a pleasure, and uh, Merry Christmas. Well, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you as well. Work hard to stay on that nice list now. Thank you. I, I, I do need to work harder on that, actually. Um, next up, we're going to have a short break brought to you by our sponsor, which is Edgestone Properties of Greater Nashville. We're so thankful for their support bringing the show to the air. After our break, we'll be back with our first um, full interview today, which is Julie Yerkes from the New Hampshire Teen Institute talking about some of the great work they do in our community. You are listening to the United Way Community Connections show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will be back just in a few minutes.
There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Title Boxing Club is the best and only authentic full-body boxing workout that changes your body, clears your mind, and completely engages your spirit. Our signature workout utilizes the fundamentals of a true boxer's workout, including proper heavy bag training to strengthen and tone your arms, legs, back, core, stamina, and your confidence. Empowering, exhilarating, and totally addictive. This is your new favorite workout class. Visit them online at titleboxingclub.com or call 6032 That's 206-5608. And begin today. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. As school resumes and school buses fill our roads, the medics at American Medical Response want to remind both parents and children about bus safety. Never assume that drivers of other vehicles are in fact stopping for the school bus. Walk on sidewalks to the bus stop. Never run. Children must stay out of the danger zone around the bus, which is 10 feet wide or 5 giant steps on all sides of the bus. At that distance from the bus, the bus driver can see you. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day. Well, good Monday morning. I'm Mike Affelberg. I am the host of our weekly radio show, the Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM. Um, we are sitting here in the studio talking today with a special guest of mine who's not been on the show before. Julie Yerkes is from New Hampshire Teen Institute. New Hampshire Teen Institute has been on the show, but it's been a while. I like to tell people about when, they, when, we, when we listen to this show. 
you know, there are a lot of big nonprofits, and we, of course, interview them as well. But a lot of times there are very smaller nonprofits or lesser known nonprofits, things, um, organizations that people just don't know about that have unbelievably important work that they do in the community. And um, this is really, for me, one of the most important aspects of the service that we're offering into the community over the airwaves is talking with organizations like the Teen Institute that you may or may not have heard of. So today we're going to talk about parent education with Julie. And Julie, I would say, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's nice having you here. Um, So Julie, you are the education coordinator at New Hampshire Teen Institute. Why don't we talk a little bit about um, what that means? What do you do? Sure. So I'm the parent education coordinator. Yeah. Um, and what did I say? Just education coordinator. Oh well, that's okay. Well, <laughs> I, so we, I stand corrected. <laughs> so you. we have a lot. We do a lot of youth programs, um, and that's why I make that distinction because we've been actually around for 35 years. We hosted our 35th summer leadership program um, this summer, um, and we also do other youth programming, leaders in prevention for middle school students, and we go to schools and after school programs and do workshop for youth. Um, and adults that are serving youth. But the um, parent education part has been a recent addition. I've been there a year, um, and we received a state contract last year to um, do direct service for the parents or caregivers because we see a lot of aunts and um, uncles and grandparents who are raising um, kids these days. And so it's um, a program for parents or caregivers of adolescents, um, and I'm doing that around the state. That's fantastic. And um, you've been with Teen Institute, you said, for about a year now? I have, That's yes. Fantastic. What did you do before that? Oh, before that, I worked, um, I was the director of the uh, School of Creative and Performing Arts, um, which is a national organization. Yeah. And before that, I was at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics, which I still sometimes, oh, when I at, introduce myself. I'm up like, at St. A's? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so funny you say that. I was up there last, I think it was Friday or Thursday, doing a... Uh, Comcast, they do their Comcast newsmakers filming there at the Institute. So I was doing one of those little sessions with them. So that's great. So good. Well, um, now I understand that you have, you mentioned a program coming up here Mm -hmm. in Nashville, which is brand new at the Arlington Street Community Center. I mentioned that earlier in the show, actually, the Arlington Street Community Center um, over next to Dr. Crisp Elementary. Tell us a little bit about what that program is. Sure. So, um, it's called Staying Connected with Your Teen, and this is a it's a five session workshop series for the parents and caregivers of preteens and teens. We see a lot of families saying, you know, that when they come in with their um, older teen, they go, "Oh, I wanted this when they were eleven or twelve. So it's a perfect program for anyone um, who is uh, caregiving for a young person from eleven to say seventeen, um, and it's a five session. Um, workshop series, two hours each. We'll have dinner starting at 5.30. Um, so come join us for dinner, and then the program will be from 6 to 8. Um, and it's we talk about a host of issues that are impacting parenting during the adolescent years. And so we start looking at, well, what is adolescence? You know, what's going on with adolescent development? Um, what are those big changes, the social, the psychological, um, the physical changes that are so big during adolescence, um, you know, identity development, um, and um, 
you know, so we're looking at the adolescent development, which helps parents get a really clear understanding of what's going on with their kids. And right. um, I do an e- evaluation at the end of every program. And, you know, after that session, parents go, gosh, you know, my kid's not my kid's normal. <laughs> you know, these right. things that I've been seeing in my kid that I've been getting so mad about are, is actually part of their natural development. So I don't know if our listeners hear that noise. Yeah. In the background, we hear an awful lot of noise in our headphones. You know, we're on Main Street right here, and there's a lot of construction. So if anybody listening cannot hear us because of that, I apologize. But um, we're going to try and work through that. (laughs) Sorry. Keep going. Um, And we also work on communication. So that's another thing a lot of families come in saying, you know, I can't talk to my my team. They they don't listen. I can't hear them. I ask them how their day was. It's met with silence um, or grunt. Um, so we, we look at some skills and some tools for sort of opening up communication um, between um, parents and children. Uh, How many sessions were, are involved with this program? Five. Five sessions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And each one is a couple of hours? Two. Yep. Two, two hours. hours. Yep. Is there any cost to participate? No, it's free. Free. Mm-hmm. You, you probably said that while I was mm, I don't. while no, I was listening I to the con- <laughs> construction. Just wait till the jackhammers come out. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, free to the public. Mm-hmm. And so targeting parents who have adolescents um, or preteens or preteens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when our daughter, our daughter is a great is a great kid. But, um, you know, I remember that age. And it's a it's a tough age because, you know, kids go from kids go through these identifiable, identifiable stages. And they, you know, at some point they, you know, middle school comes around and I don't know. That's a t- that is just a tough right. age, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids want to become more independent. There's that struggle for independence, and how much you know rope do you give them? Just enough that they hang themselves? No, not really. You don't want to do that, mm-hmm. but you want to sort of rein them in a little bit, but not be too overprotective. It's tough right. as a parent. It is tough, and I think um, there are a lot of new things you know that we don't know how to parent because you know the technology technological revolution you know everyone having social media and um, access to um, technology has changes changed the game for a lot of families Um, there are a lot more um, parenting struggles and issues um, around um, you know video devices and um, the fears of social media and the things that are happening um, with our kids there and and we, we you know that's a, what a lot of the program is is how do we structure and manage our households so that we are providing healthy and safe opportunities for our kids to become independent and learn the skills to make right. good decisions as they go right. um, and and really looking at where are the areas of conflict in our home and how can we actively parent those instead of reactive, yeah. be reactive to them. Absolutely. I was talking with somebody who was um, the other day about parenting and who's a parent of an adolescent today. And we were talking about bullying a little bit. And, you know, I just am, I have this old I'm an old person so I have this par- paradigm of you know bully is like that big burly person on the schoolyard that takes your lunch and nowadays bullying can be very subtle and very difficult as a parent to even identify things like somebody saying something mean about another person on social media and then somebody else coming in and liking or sharing that post Completely. Um, and and I hadn't thought about that but I know how I feel if somebody comes and I don't know, I post something on Facebook and they make like an angry face. 
You know, what are they saying? What does that mean? Does it mean they don't like me? They don't like my post? They're angry about the subject? I don't, you know, it's mm -hmm. so hard to tell right. what's going on. It's not as, it not, it not, it's not that it's better or worse. It's just hard and, and more subtle and complex. Yeah. And how do we parent through that? And how do we give our skill, uh, our kids the skills to address those issues as they come up? Because what's happening so much is that it's all being handled online. Yeah. And it's not resolving. Whereas we used to have, you know, <laughs> we used to, if somebody said something about us, they had to see us and see our face and see the emotion on right. our face. And that is a human thing. Right. Um, and, and most of us have human reactions to it. We have empathy. But you can't, you can't, um, can't trigger that empathy right. when you're just using a phone. Yeah, absolutely. So you're listening to Julie Yerkes from the New Hampshire Teen Institute. We're talking about some of their adult um, parenting programs. Julie, tell us a little bit more about, um, in general, what Teen Institute does. Sure. Um, so we have um, two overnight retreat programs for um, adolescents. Um, like we have the Summer Leadership Program, which yeah. is a a week-long residential summer program for high school students. Uh, typically, the summer is between their sophomore and junior, uh, sophomore and junior, or junior and senior years. Um, and that, you know, um, students can apply on their own. You can go on our website, um, find out information about that, which is nh. It's nhteeninstitute.org. I'm looking at it right Thank now. You. As I. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Like anything else, like all things, it just—I found it by because I googled it. Yeah. So New Hampshire Teen Institute. Um, and and so we have that program. Then we have the Leaders in Prevention, which is a um, wonderful uh, groups of eight middle school students who kind of have a working relationship already. So maybe from an after-school program or um, you know a student council or you know kids who have a relationship. Uh, with an ad two advisors from the um, from middle school come together for three nights, two nights and three days um, uh, during the winter, and we'll have a number of those um, available. I think we're doing three different ones this this winter because they've filled up, um, and we want to provide more opportunities to to have these groups of um, young leaders yeah. in, in prevention. Um, and then we do. You can call us um, to bring our staff to schools or after school programs to do one hour workshop. I mean, talk about, you know, bullying yeah. or different relationships or peer mentoring or um, substance abuse information. Um, and so we'll, we'll go to schools or after school settings to um, do one hour workshops to full day workshops. I was in London Dairy, um, you know, for two workshops the other day. Um, we were in Nashua this summer for a full day. Um, so we'll go, you know, around the state to, to provide these workshops. Um, and then we also do some work with adults who work with youth, kind of, you yeah. know, training adults to come um, and approach their work with a, um, you know, a positive youth development attitude coming so, at supporting young people, yeah. giving them the, um, the skills to um, be leaders. So I'm thinking if you're listening in and you are involved with youth in any way, shape or form, meaning you are part of a PTO or you're with a school or you're involved with youth athletics or um, maybe you're part of a youth serving organization, you know, like the Boys and Girls Club or something mm -hmm. like that. Any, or you're just an interested adult who happens to have a young person in your life and you want to find out how to support that person, um, contacting Teen Institute is you are just an incredible resource in our community that yeah. people just don't realize sometimes. 
Yeah. And we're out of time. Yeah. Can you believe right. it? Well, if any parents are listening, you know, join us at the Arlington Community Center. Um, you can just go on our website um, to figure out how to register. We do like people registering yes. so that we can buy enough food for dinner um, starting at 530. Um, and that starts on November 7th. And Ab- it's five sessions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, if you go to the Arlington Street Community Center's website, you can see a full schedule of all okay, of their events, great. including yours. Oh, great. And I think there's a link to it where you can even register right there online. Great. They do a great yeah. job keeping that up to it date. It is. And it's a beautiful facility. I just went in. Yeah. Day. It's great. It is. It is. Absolutely. It needs some air conditioning. We broadcasted there all summer long um, just to get some interest from yep. the community. It was there were days when at nine in the morning it was not a happy place, but we, we, we pushed through. I think today we could just open the window. Today would be great. Absolutely, Julie. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. So um, you are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. Um, We're here each Monday morning from 9 to 10 talking about the nonprofits in our community. We're going to take our second break now, uh, brought to you by our sponsor, Edgestone Properties. After the break, in just two or three minutes, we'll be back with our second guest, and that is Jay Geary. Jay is the executive director of Daniel Webster Council's Boy Scouts of America. That's Boy Scouts for the entire state. We're going to learn a little bit more about what's going on in the world of scouting. is a serious chronic health threat in America. It affects tens of millions of people. Many people who have the disease don't know it. Diabetes can cause health problems such as heart disease, strokes, amputations, and blindness. Talk to your doctor, get screened if you're at risk, and learn how to avoid becoming one of the millions of new cases of diabetes each year. You can help prevent type 2 diabetes. A message from CDC and HHS. This is Dennis Hogan, your county attorney. I care about getting good results for victims and for taxpayers. Please help me continue to fight crime with a fully professional approach. I keep the focus on our primary task. No political or personal consideration is made in determining what we do. My hiring for the office is done based only on merit. These are the keys to excellence. We punish those who require punishment and get help for those who need it. Continue this approach by voting Dennis Hogan for Hillsborough County Attorney. Vote for Dennis Hogan for County Attorney. Paid for by Hogan for County Attorney. Hi, this is Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Now that winter is here, hopefully your heating system is working. Did you know that a 30-year-old heating system can waste up to 50% of its energy? Don't you think it's time to upgrade your system to a new high-efficiency Lennox, Mitsubishi, or Renai? Starting in January, you may qualify for these energy rebates of up to $1,500. These rebates are available for a limited time, so don't wait. Call Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882 4244 or on the web at joycecool.com.
Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Since 1930, United Way of Greater Nashua has been your trusted partner to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person in every community. When a low-income child needs access to dental care or parents need quality after-school programs where their kids can learn and be safe, United Way is there. When a person with disabilities needs a supportive day program where they can thrive or a family loses its home and needs a place to regain financial stability, United Way is there. When a homebound senior needs food and supportive social connections or when it comes time to die with dignity, United Way is there. The programs supported by your United Way are the heart and soul of Greater Nashua. When you volunteer or donate to United Way, you lift up the community where you live and you work. As a highly regarded nonprofit with Charity Navigator and GuideStar, you can be sure that your donations will be used for the work of making Greater Nashua stronger, smarter, and safer. Learn more and connect with us at unitedwaynashua.org. The Village Network was created for only one reason, to keep those 62 and older in their home as long as possible, ideally for the rest of their life. The Village Network is the answer for children who do not live nearby and worry about their parents being able to remain independently and safely at home. The Village Network has a network of trusted providers and volunteers who provide transportation, home repair, home-delivered meals, grocery shopping, and others who are there to help when you need them. We can even find someone to walk your dog. The Village Network does not charge thousands of dollars of upfront costs for services you may never need. With the Village Network, you only pay for services when you need them. Become a member of the Village Network today by calling 603 891 Zero 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 eight. That's six zero three eight nine one zero 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 eight. The Village Network. Become a member today. Well, good Monday morning, and you are listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. talking with you about the nonprofits in our community. We are joined today by a special guest, Jay Gary. Jay is the, I'm sure he's going to correct me on this, so I'm just going to say, say it incorrectly. I'm going to say he's the executive director of the Daniel Webster Council Boy Scouts of America, which is Boy Scouts for the entire state of New Hampshire. I'm sure that's not his title, and there's probably more to the region than that as well. So we'll let Jay tell you all about that. Uh, Jay, welcome to the show. Hi, you did great, actually. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> perfect introduction. So uh, my formal title is Scout Executive. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. So in the community, I talk about the fact that I'm the executive director for the for the organization. Sometimes when you say you work for the Boy Scouts, people think you're out camping and doing stuff like that, which I do <laughs> once in a while. But uh, Probably we, not as much as you'd like. Right. We, we, uh, we work hard to, to run the agency. We serve about 10,000 youth across the state. Uh, we uh, cover the entire state of New Hampshire, and uh, we support roughly 5,000 adult volunteers in the, in the delivery of that program. Wow, that's a big that's a big program. Now, scouting has been, of course, in New Hampshire. I'm guessing for many, many years. Yeah, well over a hundred years, in fact. Uh, Boy Scouts started in 1910, and uh, right here in New Hampshire, there were some startup uh, packs and troops. Uh, we didn't become organized as a council until about the 1920s or so. 
but uh, yeah, long legacy of scouting experiences here in the Granite State. Well, you know, and it seems if you're into outdoor stuff, but yeah, I mean, you can be a Boy Scout or a Cub Scout anywhere in the city as well. Um, but if you're into outdoor stuff, which a lot of scouts are, this is there's really no better place than New Hampshire. You got lakes, mountains, forests, oceans, you name it. It is the best place to be a scout, I think. Uh, we serve kids that are uh, boys and girls K through 12. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a great experience for the youth that participate and their families. So so scouting has changed a lot over the years. I mean, I guess some things have always stayed the same. Uh, I actually have my father's Boy Scout manual. I was looking at it the other day up on the bookshelf. It was from when he was a Boy Scout back in the early 50s. Um, there are some things in there that are unchanged, like the Scout Oath. And there are some things that are very changed. And, you know, it's an evolving world. So let's talk about some of the newer things in Scouts these days. What's going on that, that people might not know about? Sure. So the the biggest change, I think, that people have read, a, read something about, uh, and hopefully if they understood it properly, is that we're accepting girls in Cub Scouts now. Uh, actually, we, we've expanded our programming to allow for youth to join, uh, girls can join K through five and be a part of their own, uh, uh, Cub Scout program. And they're, uh, single gender by den. So it's not co-ed. Uh, some of the press stories you read is a co-ed program. So each den is now aligned to single gender and it's a family scouting program. So it makes it easier for the parents to bring their son and daughter to the same program and not have to, uh, spread around and go to multiple places all at once. So, that's probably the most significant change. We also had a name change for what was called Boy Scout Troops. They're now called Scout BSA Troops. That confused a lot of people. They thought we were changing our organization from the Boy Scouts of America to Scouts BSA, and we're still the Boy Scouts of America. So um, you mentioned a couple of things there that are, I would call, lingo germ terminology that people who are not involved with scouting would have no idea about. What is the difference between a troop, a pack, a den, what are all of those things? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked. So a cub pack is for, for the scouts. That's Cub Scouts, K through 5. And then once they graduate after the end of fifth grade from the Cub Scout program and achieve the rank of Arrow, they go on into a Scouts BSA troop, uh, sixth grade on up through 12. And most people can identify with the rank of Eagle Scout, uh, and they understand the significance of that. So boys and girls now, beginning in January of 2019, can participate in that program, and girls can now earn the rank of Eagle Scout. So does, is that a replacement for what had been called venturing, or is that in addition to venturing? It's in addition to. We still offer venturing, and that is co-ed. So 14 through 21, uh, our youth can participate in a high adventure experience, and our adventurers can work towards the rank of Eagle Scout as well. Yeah. So there what's was, a, so there what's was a, a demand. So. Yeah, absolutely. So what's a den then? So a den is a small group of boys within a cub pack, so uh, based yeah. on grade. So you'd have a yeah. den for kindergarten, a den for first grade, and so on. Interesting. So um, <laughs> that is gets complicated until you join, I think. That's right. It's not so hard. That's right. So my daughter, I told her that I would ask you this. I said she asked me a question on Friday. She's the after-school coordinator at the 21st Century Program at Dr. Crisp Elementary, which is one of our Title I low-income schools in the city. And I was visiting with her on, on Friday afternoon after, after a hard day of work. She had all, all these little kids running around, and she told me, Dad, 
I got this Girl Scout troop starting up next week, but I really don't have much for the boys to do. And I said, well, why don't you start up a boy? I said, why don't you start up a Boy Scout troop, a Cub Scout troop, which is, of course, totally wrong terminology. <laughs> but I said, why don't you do something with Cub Scouts? And she said, I don't know how to do that. What do I do? So I, I told her, you know, honey, I really don't know, but I know who does know. And he's coincidentally going to be on my radio show on Monday, and that is Jay my friend, the big mucky muck from Boy Scouts. He knows everything about this. So what do you do if you want to start up a den or a pack or a troop? What do you do to start out in Cub Scouts? Well, so it's super easy. And actually, that's why we are here as a council is to help community organizations grow in scouting. So your first line of uh, effort or your first effort is to reach out to us or in your case, you've reached out to me. So we'll get the ball rolling but uh, is to uh, connect to the Daniel Webster Council. You can go to nhscouting.org and uh, drop an email to our staff. And then from there, it's really easy. It's actually a little bit of paperwork, like anything we experience in our lives. Uh, but we want to get a few adult leaders registered uh, to help uh, provide a, a well-qualified and supervised program experience. We provide all the training necessary to deliver the program to make sure that the scouting program is facilitated in a safe environment. Uh, so we'll do the training and support the leader. And then we do a recruitment, uh, and we actually just start to inform the parents about what the program plan is going to look like and begin. So it's really not that complicated. And that's all volunteers. It's all volunteers. Uh, on a few occasions, we will actually hire part-time staff to help us with certain communities where we have a difficult time securing adult parents to participate. Um, but that's very rare. Yeah. Uh, actually, once most people realize the benefit of the program for their son or daughter, they want to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she that actually might be that was one of her questions because she happens to work in an environment where the parents are generally speaking in a lower income demographic and have, are working two, three jobs and have pretty complicated lives um, and volunteering. In any shape or form, especially on a regular basis, might be really difficult for them. So that might be something to, I don't know, for them to think about or talk to you about. Who should she contact about that? Yeah, so she can contact us directly. She can call our council yeah. service center. She can speak directly with me. Um, and, <laughs> I'll say and talk to Jay. Call the, that, call the big guy. Say, that's I want right. to talk to the big guy. Absolutely. And, and I mean, <laughs> our goal is to grow. And so we yeah. want to engage as many organizations, schools, and groups to do scouting as we can. And we're excited about the opportunity we can provide. Now, one of the things you do also is, I think this is annual, you have something called Scouting for Food. Is that right? That's right. So our Scouting for Food campaign is going to launch. We, we collect over a quarter of a million items uh, across the state, and we feed uh, close to 30,000 meals for families, uh, full meals, uh, as a result of that collection effort. That's going to happen on November 10th. Uh, the scouts will actually go out on the 3rd and drop off uh, placards or cards on each door and ask people to leave a few canned goods and non-perishables behind. We'll collect all those and we'll drop them off to food pantries. And some of the food pantries actually have communicated to us that that drive is so significant to them that that's actually what helps keep them in business uh, a good portion of the year uh, to provide the you know food for those who need it the most. So a great service project being done out there by the scouts. And one of the things we don't talk much about because yes. we just kind of do silent service while we're out there. So. That's fantastic. I can totally see how that is a huge benefit to a lot of food pantries. You know, this is a, well, this is a time of year when actually food pantries 
do stock up pretty well, but we always forget about them in February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So, um, you know, there might be an abundance, but you need it now. You need it for later, too. So that's a really great project. That's absolutely. And uh, it's uh, one that almost every one of our units across the state participate in. Uh, it's very well coordinated and very well organized. So anyone that wants to volunteer who might be an alum or somebody who just wants to come out and be a part of uh, not necessarily running a scouting unit can come out and help for the day. That's so. fantastic. Now, Jay, I also wanted to mention this because this is something which is new to you guys. You guys are going over the edge with us in June. Now, that is great because you actually used to run this event as a, as a council for a couple of years. So you probably some people remember it. But does that mean you're going to be repelling with me off of the Brady Sullivan Tower on June 27th? So Thanks, I will make a commitment. I might need someone to hold my hand. Oh, we'll do it together. I I'll do, do that. It. Absolutely. Uh, I have to admit I'm not a heights guy, <laughs> you believe it or not. But uh, I'm going to do it, yes. I am so. not a heights guy either. <laughs> I'm terrified of heights. It is... Um, yeah, if you're not if if you're not into you know being up on tall buildings suspended by what feels like very thin strings, but they're actually very strong ropes. Um, yeah, it's it's not. It is fun, but it's scary. But here's what I'll tell you: that cause that you uh, drive that mission for in doing that over the edge program is so important and beneficial to the community that I think everyone who can get out there and try that and challenge themselves. Yeah. is an important thing because they're making a difference to the many programs that you guys provide support and funding for. So we're excited to be a part of it, and uh, and I'm going to challenge myself, and yes, I will go over the edge. Well, I, I'm excited about that. We have some other new nonprofits this year participating, which are great. Um, super excited that Palace Theater is going to be putting together a team. Um, right. The Nashua Adult Learning Center, not Adult Learning Center, they'll be back. They've been there a couple of years, but the uh, the Senior Center is putting together a team. I can't wait to see what they pull together. So great for that. Anything else new going on that people in the last, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds or so need to know about, Jay? So we're just recruiting. Uh, we've we've brought in over 1,000 youth so far. Uh, we're on our quest to uh, grow as an organization, and we're well on our path. Actually, we have 200 girls who've already joined the program since the start of our uh, initiative and we're excited about what we've got going in the future so if you want to join scouting and be a part of the program just come to nhscouting.org uh, you can click the banner there and it'll direct you to your local pack through your zip code so thank you thank you jay and the music of course means that we're out of time i appreciate you coming on the show today great um, thank you so much Absolutely. So you're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will be back next Monday at 9 a.m. with two brand new uh, guests. Operation Delta Dog is a brand new one. And the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society was on for a brief interview a week or two ago, but we're going to talk more in depth with them. Until next week, um, next up is the is Suzanne Koperniak um, with the Village Network. But until next week, please remember to be kind to one another because great things really do happen when we live united.
listening to 1590 WSMN Nashua. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes, a 